Welcome back to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hello. Hey. We've had a pretty humdrum, mundane week. Kind of sounds like it sounded like I said mon- Monday week. I guess we could say that too. It was Monday week. <laughs> the whole week was Monday. You know, it, it's a fitting, uh, boring week to lead into some board game movies. <laughs> <laughs> Not the board game movies are are all boring, but uh, I associate board games with being bored. With being bored, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that's a good way to think about it. Um, I was thinking about it because, I mean, like, we have game nights pretty regularly. Yeah. But, like, the games of today are so different from the games of our childhood. Yeah, I mean, especially games like Battleship, which is one of the pairings that we're mm-hmm. going to get to tonight. But I actually read, as I was looking into Battleship, because I couldn't remember anything about Battleship, when I was looking into it, I was trying to figure out who made Battleship. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it was, like, a game from, like, the 30s or something. And you just made it. It's like before it was a board game. Mm-hmm. It was just like a pen and paper game, <laughs> like tic tac toe, but mm-hmm. but battleship. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I had no weird. idea that people ever played it like that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's even more boring than regular battleship. <laughs> um, and then I had like you know Star Wars battleship. What Star Wars battleship? Yeah, like they made like the automated ones where you like type in the number and then it's like pew. <laughs> You know, like, so you know you hit something. I find that even less satisfying than, like, the traditional. Like, people saying that you hit or didn't hit. Yeah. But then you always have, like, the cheater that's like, you didn't hit, and then they try to, like, move their battleship or something. I never did that. No, but some people did. Did you do that? No. Mm. You don't like losing. Yeah, I wouldn't cheat like that, though. You might, if it meant that you might be losing. No. I'm competitive, but I don't cheat. I'm giving Sean's brain to science when he dies to figure out... Uh, what is the biological component that makes you a sore loser? Because <laughs> you're the worst loser in the world. Uh, no. Uh, yes. I'm just very competitive. Very competitive. Like, you will act like, like, you're obsessed with doing things right and, like, everything being done correctly. So, like, if you lose, it means you didn't do something correctly. Uh, that's why I also don't like games of chance. Yeah, I'm aware. You know, I, I like str- like strategy games. You almost right? said strategery. <laughs> I almost said strategery. I like strategery. Uh, no, I I like strategy games because then, you know, it's about the choices that you make and how you develop things throughout the game. Also, think about Battleship. There is no sh- strategy. Man, I was going to say strategery, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there really isn't. It's, like, all, it's really chance. Yeah, I'm sure that there's some strategy to it, right? I'm sure that somebody out there is like the Battleship champion <laughs> that is like... <laughs> you know, has a strategy to battleship. But for the most part, it's just like, it is really just random. Yeah. You just call out random stuff. Well, and fittingly enough, my favorite childhood board game was Clue. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I'm addicted to mysteries and true crime as an adult. Uh-huh. So it makes sense that I loved a game like Clue. Problem with Clue, especially like you can't play as an adult. It's too easy. It is too like, you, you easy. Need, you, know, you need to know like one or two things and then you can figure the whole thing out. Right. I don't know if there's like an adult version of Clue, something similar that is harder for adults, but I'd say it's like in the same vein of, what is it called? I always mess this up because the name is long. Is it Haunting at House on the Hill or is it? Uh, I think so. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Haunting at House on the Hill. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it's in the same vein-ish yeah. thing. You're not guessing who did it. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, the killer is randomly chosen eventually. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't really think of like an adult version of Clue though. 
Yeah, I can't either. Also, it's like one of those games, too, that like if you have two players, like there's no use in playing because between you, you have all the cards. So it's pretty easy. With Clue? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no absolutely no reason. Right. That's the way it is for most games, though. Like of yeah. those types of games. Yeah. Like Candyland, mm-hmm. Life, all those games. Um, what's the one where you push the Pop-O-Matic? And <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry? Yeah, there's Sorry and Trouble, and I never remember which one's which. <laughs> right. <laughs> all those games are terrible with two people. Yeah. You know, I was thinking as we were preparing for tonight, mm-hmm. I'm shocked there has never been a movie adaptation of Candyland. Has there not been? I don't think so. Certainly there was like an animated Candyland okay. adaptation, I have right? to look this up. This does raise a good question of which other movies are based on board games. So you have Jumanji, which is the opposite, right? That was a board game based on a movie. Was it? Well, because the, the board game came out because of the movie, mm. right? They made like a real life version to sell board games. I never played Jumanji, though. Did you? No, I was too scared. Some of my friends had it. But I never played it. I'm not finding a Candyland movie. Hmm. There is a TV series called Candyland, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. When I click on the IMDb page, it says, do you know what this is about? Be the first to add a plot. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, so they did make a clue. They did make a uh, battleship, obviously. There's also a Candyland cake decorating food network show. There you go. And it has um, our favorite guy from uh, My Lottery Dream House as the host. (laughs) I didn't know he was on a show like that. Me either. I didn't know something like this existed. And it's a grand prize of $25,000, which means you maybe get $2,000 when all is said and done. What do you think would be the most ridiculous board game adaptation Hmm. for a movie? I was thinking shoots and ladders. I was just about to say shoots and ladders. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't even know how you would... Actually, I do know how you'd do it. <laughs> Shoots and ladders, you would make kind of like a Saw uh-huh. style, like oh, tor- torture movie, right? Oh, God. So you like you think you're going up, but then the floor just falls out mm-hmm. from beneath you and you fall into some pit mm-hmm. and then you have to try to climb out of it again. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can imagine making Shoots and ladders into a... Yeah. It would have to be that type That's of That's a really dark take on a childhood game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that makes me think, I was just reading it again recently, but did you ever read... So, like, there's, like, a fan theory about Rugrats. Yes. About, like, how it was actually, like, it was only Angelica. Yeah. And all the babies died. Right. And they were, like, figments of her imagination. Right. That's what made made me think of. (laughs) Or, like, that Garfield, like, that's always on Reddit, where it's, like, the the terrifying Garfield. Right. Anyway. Well, I feel like this is a good time to go ahead and jump into our first movie, which is Clue. Yep. I love this movie. Yeah. it's, It's been a really long time since I've seen it. We saw it together a number of years ago. It would have been Mm -hmm. like six years ago, maybe. Probably more than that. It might be more than, yeah. Yeah. So, um, this came out in 1985, directed by Jonathan Lynn. And of course, it is just, you know, your everyday trying to figure out who done it type thing. So, for drinking games, we are relying on drunkenme.com. This one is one where it has too many rules, but they're all very good, so I want to read them all. Okay. Um. So the drinking rules for this are you drink when anybody hits the ground, a dead body is shown, every time the guests run from one room to another, anyone screams, anyone looks at the maid's boobs, a murder weapon is shown, the doorbell rings, and anyone locks or unlocks a door. Okay. Those sound good from what I remember. Yeah. All those seem... Very applicable, and I I would hate to eliminate the wrong one. (laughs) 
So maybe we'll we can say if there's any consolidated ones. Right. Or done. You know, for for a mid eighties movie, you know, I've seen this a, a number of times and I think that Clue is a pretty good comedy that holds up. The only aspect of it that I think would, would not hold up is how much they accentuate her boobs. <laughs> that was a rule. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's like straight up French made outfit and Oh yeah, and it and like it ha- it makes no sense. No, it doesn't make sense. But was there no there wasn't a maid in the in Clue, right? No, oh, Mrs. White in the the game is a maid. Oh, okay. So but she's then, like an old woman. Oh, uh, right. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. But I don't think I don't think Mrs. White is the maid in this. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Were you ready to go play some Clue? Sure. Okay. Let's go. And we're back from watching Clue. I have to say, I fucking love this movie. It was so good the whole way through. And I remember loving this movie and I watched it multiple times since I was a kid. But like for a movie made in the mid 80s, this movie really stands up. It like, does. Like it holds up. It um, it made me laugh out loud multiple times, which not many movies of that era do, you know, like still. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry's acting is amazing. I mean, all, all the acting across the board is pretty good. Tim Curry especially is just really, really good. It's just like, like I knew that I love this movie. It's been probably like six or seven years since we've watched it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just like, we know that like, I don't love comedy. Right. But this is the perfect because like, I love camp. Like, uh-huh. I love campy movies. This is perfectly campy. And it has really great physical comedy that is like, it's like not over the top. Like I love physical comedy when it's like something happens and we don't have to t- pause for laughter. It's like something happens and we keep going. Like, we don't miss a beat. Right. Yeah, and we talked about that on the... There's a scene where he's walking up the stairs. It's when he's retelling what happened. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who have seen it, probably a lot of you have, there's a scene where he's, like, going through, like, all the rooms really quickly, explaining what happened and how the murder, you know, went about. And he's going upstairs in one of the episodes, and he's, like, like holding the hand of Miss White as he's walking. Yeah. And as he's walking up the stairs, she just, like, falls down, and he just keeps walking, like, dragging her, <laughs> and then and then lets go of her. Yeah, it's hilarious. But they don't, they never acknowledge that that happened. Right. There are other scenes. There's some like that are a little bit more like traditionally slapstick, where they like all run together and yeah, like fall like bowling the, pins. When I said that, that was the only one like I did not love. Yeah, but it's not over the top by any means. <laughs> I also love like when Miss Peacock's about to faint. He's like, "Oh no, she's about to faint!" And then he gets behind her. He's like, "Okay, fall into my arms," and she just like falls completely through his arms. arms. Yeah. Again, uh, but like, there's not a pause there. Like he is like, "Okay," and like just keeps going with his lines. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was very good. So, like, that's a good type of physical comedy when you have it. But a lot of it was dialogue-based comedy. So, dialogue-based is my favorite. And they have a lot of, like, one-liners that are said, like, under their breath or, like, just really quickly off the cuff, which I love. Me too. I love wordplay jokes, and they have a lot of that. The whole thing is great. I completely agree. We spent, I think, the majority of the movie recasting the movie for a 2022 remake yeah i wonder if they're gonna remake it they have to be (laughs) at least considering it right you'd think but yeah we did talk about that however there's a few people who could still be cast exactly how they are so one tim curry is a little old now to be to reprise this role however somebody who could maybe reprise their role was colonel mustard (laughs) <laughs> who was played by Gene Parmesan, if you're a uh, Arrested Development fan. Or Martin Mull, if you're not. Is that his name, Martin Mull? I think so, isn't it? Or it's Mull, Martin... I'm pretty sure it's Martin Mull. M-U-L-L. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Chasse. 
<laughs> You're still trying. I still can't do it. <laughs> um, he kind of still seems exactly like he did in Arrested Development. So yeah, he honestly he doesn't look like he's aged that much at all. No, but it, he already looked kind of middle aged in this movie. Right. Who played Mr. Green? That's another one that we brought up. Oh, I never remember his name, but he's in Better Call Saul um, and in something else. Yeah, I mean, throughout this movie, other than Tim Curry and Christopher Lloyd, when you watch it, like, you'll recognize almost everyone, but mm-hmm. you won't know who they are, their name, necessarily. Right. Unless you, like, maybe are a fan of something like Better Call Saul or something like that, and you happen to see the person's name. They're not, like, A-list actors, right? But they're, like, solid, like, people who you recognize. Right, for sure. Other than I, Tim Curry at one point was probably an A-list actor. For sure. I also have a really embarrassing confession to make. Uh-huh. And that for all my years of my life of watching this movie, up until tonight, I have always thought that Susan Sarandon played Miss Scarlet. <laughs> so as I was watching it, I was like, is that Susan Sarandon? Because it looks very similar. I mean, it's uncanny. And then, like, you know, like, we're huge Rocky Horror Picture fans. Yeah. And she is in that opposite to Curry. So it just seems so organic. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the woman who did play Miss uh, Scarlet. It's somebody who I had never heard of before. Yeah. I thought the exact same thing until you paused it at one point in time, and and I saw that it wasn't Susan Sarandon. Right. Um, very similar looking. Yeah, I literally thought that until tonight. But you know who also looks similar is uh, the guy who plays Mr. Green. Yes. He looks similar to the guy from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, so I literally just went and looked that up. Who because, was Susan mm-hmm. Sarandon's hus- yeah, husband. Brad. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Brad, that's right. Yeah, it's not him. Because I just, as I was saying that, I was like, wait, did Mr. Green play Brad in that? But he didn't. Yeah. I wonder if, like, the director, when they made this, were like, okay, find us two people that look like that. Right. <laughs> and then we have Tim Curry, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uncanny. You know, it could be one of those situations, like how when we found out that... Um, Michael McKean, that's his name. Yeah. When we found out, you know, in um, Phone Booth, that they were having him talk like Ghostface because right. they wanted Ghostface and they right. couldn't get him. Right. I wonder if it was a situation like that where they're like, okay, get me the, all the main cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show and then they could only get Tim Curry. And so they're <laughs> like, get us two pieces that look exactly like. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it does such a great homage to the board game. It really does. Like every weapon gets its moment. Mm-hmm. Every room gets its murder. Even, like, the use of, like, the secret passages are exactly where they're supposed to be on the, like, on the game board. That's true, yeah. It's just, uh, I just love it so much. Yeah, I have a feeling that you're going to have the opposite sentiment about Battleship. Because they pay no homage to Battleship. Like, are we even sure that this was supposed to be based off the game? It was, yeah. Okay. You mean of Clue? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, Battleship. Obviously of Clue. <laughs> yeah, it, so, you know, at the beginning of Clue... It starts off with, like, a Parker Brothers game or whatever it's called. Right. I, I don't know who made Clue. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so even in the trailer of Battleship, it says, I think Hasbro. Okay. It's, it's one of those companies. I, I don't remember who made Battleship. It's one of those. They just made a very smart idea in the 50s to trademark Battleship. And so anytime you use Battleship, you have to say, brought to you by Hasbro. Yeah, or, or whoever <laughs> did it. We'll find out here in a second. But, I mean, I don't think there's any homage paid to battleship i do have a shot in the dark though and we'll get to that in a second right. but back to this movie this is really the perfect i mean here's the thing if you're going to adapt movies yeah like from a board game there's no storyline yeah it's not like that right yeah. like so you have to completely just make it off of 
working around a general theme and then maybe some things that people recognize, like the rope and the pipe and the wrench and that type of stuff. Right. And they did that perfectly while sticking with the feel of the game to some extent. Exactly. Most things don't do that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Even like Pirates of the Caribbean did, I think, when we mm-hmm. watched that. It kind of stuck. And they right. worked in a lot of the, the amusement park type stuff. Tomorrowland did not at, in any way stick <laughs> right. with like Disney World or that, any of those themes. So I don't know. Uh, it's very thin material to make a movie off of, right? Because you don't really have much to go off of. But yeah, it's just it's just done so well. And I just like I can't like I knew that I loved the movie. I knew it was a good movie. I honestly think I forgot that it was a great movie. Right. It's so good. It really is. And perfect movie to watch right now for so many reasons. Right. One, things that we now see completely different than when this came out, because it came out in 1985, <laughs> right? Yeah. So looking exactly back on it now, well, there's a few. So like one, Professor Plum, played by Christopher Lloyd, at one point in time, um, everybody's kind of figuring out that they're all from Washington, D.C. Right. That's early in the movie. Everybody realizes that they're kind of from the same place. Uh, but they don't, they don't know how they're connected. And they're like, well, what do you do? Uh, are you a doctor? And he was like, I am a doctor, but I don't practice. And they're like, so what do you do now? And he says, I work for this little organization called the WHO. <laughs> World Health Organization. Yeah, which now, we're like, wow, that tracks. Which now has a much different <laughs> connotation at this point in time. So that's one. They also make a lot of communism and socialism jokes. Yes. Throughout the whole movie. it's That could be a drinking rule. It, it could. Anytime they bring up something about socialism or communism, one of my favorite was at one point in time, Tim Curry, who plays the butler, uh-huh. Wadsworth, uh-huh. he's talking about, they're like, basically like, how are you involved in this? And he was like, I too was blackmailed. Uh-huh. And he says, I wrote this down. I was a victim too. My wife, she had friends who were socialists. <laughs> So he was being blackmailed because wife had friends who were socialists and he was going to get reported to the anti-American, like whatever, like commission. So that was funny. There's a call from J. Edgar Hoover. Yes. Which I kind of forgot about. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, I did not remember that at all. He also has that really great line at the end when they were like, wait, this has nothing to do with communism. And he says, no, communism was a red herring, which is, of course, like communism was always a red herring (laughs) during the Red Scare. Right. Well, and that's a great part of the movie, especially because of how the ending happens, which if you somehow haven't seen Clue, I guess I'll leave that as a, so you don't have spoilers, but like, uh, everybody should have seen this by now. I mean, this is pretty old. You can't sit with us if you you haven't seen Clue. I mean, we're coming up on this thing being 40 years old. Yeah. Oh my God. No, no, don't say that. It's hard to imagine, right? (laughs) I almost said like, it's almost 30 years old. Nope. No, that was... uh, (laughs) 2015, right? right yeah. <laughs> so, no, we're way past that. Right. I have to say this is also a perfect drinking movie. It's probably one of my favorite drinking movies we've done in a long time. It is very fun because it's so fast paced. It's easy to drink to and it's funny. Um, yeah. I mean, the rules of anytime a dead body is shown, every time the guests run from one room to another so good. Anytime they're screaming, it's just so much fun. There aren't many movies that have this much energy. Yes. So that's one thing is that like, it's never like, there's never a slow moment. Not a single moment. And the movie's not very long. It's like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. It doesn't but, feel like it though. Yeah. There's no like lull in there. Nothing is slow. The beginning when they're being introduced 
is like maybe the slowest point of all of it. Like just when they're getting to the house, not when they're being introduced. Yeah, but I would even say that's not even bad. No, and that lasts like three minutes. You know, so there's nothing really boring about this. It's all fun. It's all fast paced, especially once the murder happens, which is not very far into the movie. Mm -hmm. Like from then on, it's just one thing after another over and over and over again. All right. I don't know. It's great. I can't think of many movies that are like that. You know, because yeah. you talked about Knives Out. Uh, when we were watching this, right. you mentioned Knives Out is like an homage to, in some ways to Clue and other yeah, movies. absolutely. But Knives Out is not this fast-paced. No, absolutely not. It was definitely enjoyable, but it mm -hmm. was not this type of energy. Mm -hmm. I agree. So with that said, what are you rating this movie? I'm going to give it a 95. I think that's very fair. I could have gone higher, but it, I mean, it's hard. I, I think 95 is, is at least reasonable. Yeah, I'm at 92. Same thing. Like, I could go really high, but like, then I'm like, well, that's crossing into, like, favorite movies all time territory, which this might be getting in that territory. Like, Yeah, I mean, Clue's always been, like, one of my movies that I watch over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Another one being Willy Wonka and The Chocolate Factory, which is very similar humor. Right. People think of Willy Wonka as, like, a children's movie, but Gene Wilder in that movie is almost identical to Tim Curry in this movie. Right. Like, very quick one-liners under his breath, uh, a lot of physical, like, acting that they don't talk about. All that happens in, in Willy Wonka also. Right. The downside of Willy Wonka is that they have those scenes where his mom is, like, washing laundry and singing to the moon and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if they could get rid of that, it right. would be as good as, as uh, Clue. But Yeah, I excellent choice here. Yeah, I thought so. And the drinking rules I thought worked. And like I said, what I would add is communism. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it does happen enough that it's, and it's fun to drink too. For sure. Well, a movie that I do not think is going to be nearly as good, Battleship. Yeah. So um, as we learned at the end of last episode, I had no clue that this was an alien movie, so I'm not very excited about it. But let's read a synopsis because I literally know nothing else about it. So, says Lieutenant Alex Hopper is a weapons officer aboard the destroyer USS John Paul Jones. Are you fucking kidding me? John Paul Jones is a guy from uh, The Bachelorette. That's not the one they're referencing. <laughs> I was not. Is that, were you joking? Yeah. You, okay. <laughs> we're we're going to skip right over that one. I don't have the energy right now to talk about that. Okay, I'm going to cut that out. I'm going to start over. <laughs> Lieutenant Alex Hopper is a weapons officer aboard the destroyer USS John Paul Jones, while his older brother, Stone, are you f what the fuck are these names, played by Alex Sarsgaard, is the commanding officer of the USS Samson. Yeah, Alex Sarsgaard? Yeah. Hmm. Unknown to Alex. Okay, Alex is not Alex Sarsgaard. Alex Sarsgaard is Stone. Okay. Unknown to Alex, Stone, or the rest of the U.S. Navy, alien invaders have arrived on Earth with plans to steal Earth's resources. Well, good luck with that. We're running out of them. When a confrontation with the invaders knocks out the Navy's radar capability, American and Japanese forces must work together to find a way to save the planet. Japanese forces? Uh, what? <laughs> Japan doesn't really have much of a military. They have like a small defense force, but that's the whole thing is that the U.S. provides most of the military force of Japan. What That's did I weird. just read? We have an Alex. We have a stone played by an Alex. We have aliens coming to Earth, which is a shit show to get resources. And then Japan's also going to help out. Yeah, and not once in there did they mention Rihanna. What role does she play? I don't know. What role does Liam Neeson play? I don't know. And most importantly, what role does Jesse Plemons play? <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, that's confusing. I guess those will be surprises when we get to them. What the hell is this, Sean? You know, you brought up a good point. If aliens are coming to take our resources... They came to the wrong planet. They did come to the wrong planet. I think that that would be a a great script for a movie (laughs) in which (laughs) aliens try to invade Earth and they're like, what the fuck did you do to this place? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, can you imagine if Independence Day, like, they just traveled for like 30 years across space or whatever, and they get here and they're like... I guess the job was already done. Half yeah. the planet's on fire. The the oceans are all... <laughs> right. Can't find any ice anywhere. <laughs> I mean, you saw the one this week where like, uh, wasn't that Greenland? It had like the, the largest melting of mm-hmm. glacier ice ever recorded. Yeah. So, man, the production company for this would be called Bluegrass Films. <laughs> God. Who directed this movie? I didn't look it up. Peter Berg. I don't know who that is. Um, oh, his face is scary. He did Collateral. Okay. Hmm. Um, and I literally don't know a single one of, else of his films. What about the writer? There's probably more than one, but what about the the main writer? Um. So writer was John and Eric Hober. Hmm. I'm looking at what they've done. Ooh, also a scary face. Oh, he did The Meg. I guess he likes the ocean. Yeah. We'll see what Eric Hober's done. Not underwater? He's done all the same things with his brother. Just The Meg? Yeah, again... Ooh, he kind of looks like your favorite cosmonaut. Oh, he really does. What's his name? Peter Stormer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he really did look like him. Well, so did you, were you able to find drinking rules for Battleship? I was. And what's weird is that even though there's no mention of her, Rihanna's the very first drinking rule. So every time Rihanna says something painfully cliched. Makes sense. Every time you think to yourself, did Michael Bay direct this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter Berg did. Every time something goes boom. Okay, like explodes. Yeah. Movie boozer, you're, you're as bad as this movie. And then for every reference to the board game. Okay. And every time you think Transformers are going to show up on screen. Yeah, yeah that, make, that makes sense. Okay, well, that ruins my shot in the dark. Mine too. I was going to say if they say you sunk my battleship. I was going to say like if they had said like try to hit them at B5. I think they will do that. You do? Yeah, I think they will. But I really think that someone is going to say, like, it'll be like the stern general or something like that. And he'll be like, you sunk my battleship. Yeah. I think that's going to happen, too. We can go ahead and have those. But I mean, if they're referencing the board game, what else can they reference? It's going to be one of those two things. Nothing Mm -hmm. else happens in the board game. Well, my other shot in the dark is knowing that Liam Neeson is in this. If he makes any type of reference to Taken... If he says taken, if he says somebody's been taken. Or if he says he has a special set of skills or whatever. Okay. So that's tough because it got rid of my shot in the dark. I mean, like I said, we'll keep it. I think it's worth it. Yeah. Um, Because a movie where they say you sunk my battleship if that happens is worth drinking to. I really want to Jesse Plemons one, but I I don't even know what he plays now. He might have a very small role. Yeah. Huh. Well, let's go see what this shit show is. I, I have so many questions. Yeah, like who Rihanna plays. <laughs> Petty officer something. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and Rihanna is now a billionaire as of this week or whatever. Yep. So uh, Battleship just propelled her. I mean, she had a career and then Battleship just rocket to the moon. You take that back. <laughs> I mean, it's around the time that she rocketed to the moon, right? No, she is a self-made woman. Yeah, off of roles like Battleship. No, off of things like Fenty Beauty. Yeah, I mean, that's all the reason that she is (laughs) is so rich. It's not the music or the movies. Yeah, she's doing so good. Okay, let's go watch this shit show. 
All right. And we're back from watching Battleship. That was a movie. It really was. <laughs> um, before we even get into it, we have got to talk about the like the intro to the movie, which is like usually, you know, like it's telling you like who the production company is or whatever. Right. It tries to do like a badass Hasbro <laughs> logo. Like you could so tell. Yeah. They're like, like, this is our Marvel moment. It, they did try to pull a Marvel. It's like, wow, 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 Hasbro. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> it immediately just made us laugh out loud. For real. I don't even know how to start to talk about this movie. It was a mess. The beginning of the movie didn't even feel like the same movie. The yeah. Be- the beginning of the movie, you start with these two guys in like a bar in Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. And they randomly run into a girl that walks into the bar and they're hitting on her. And the way they hit on her is to be like, I can get you anything in this bar. And she's mm-hmm. like, I want a burrito. And so he was like, get this lady a burrito. And they're like, no, we're not serving for food. <laughs> so then he has to, I guess, go across the street to a gas station. Mm-hmm. But the gas station is closed. Mm-hmm. So the whole beginning is like a slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. It like has nothing to do with the rest of anything. They, right. they like go a completely different tone and everything about this. The rest of the movie is really not a comedy at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a terrible action movie. Yeah, we need to mention that when he needs to get the burrito, aka he's breaking into a gas station, mm-hmm. it's done to the Pink Panther theme song. Yeah, which makes absolutely... <laughs> that that goes into that whole like idea yeah. that it's like slapstick. Right. Like, you know, the whole thing too is like almost like a scene from Dumb and Dumber or something like that. Because mm-hmm. he's like falling through the ceiling and like everything yeah. falls on top of him and it, then he climbs so back stupid. in like out of the hole in the ceiling. But also imagine that I met you at a bar mm-hmm. and I was hitting on you and I was like, Tommy, I can get you anything that you want. And you say, I want a burrito. And I was like, I got you. And then I brought you a gas station burrito. <laughs> like even if it wasn't closed. Right. One, it was like light. So I got you a like one of in those like rotisserie, like right. sun lamp <laughs> burrito things. Right. You know what? I don't even think it was in one of those. It looked I think no, it was it in was a refrigerator. Like, yeah, it was a frozen burrito. So she'd have to like warm it up in a microwave. Right. Where'd they get a microwave? I, I don't know. I guess the bar has a microwave, but would they let her use it? I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. And then suddenly we get past that and then it becomes an alien war movie. Yeah, because it kind of like skips straight forward. Yeah. It goes from there into multiple years in the future or something like that. But the other thing is at the beginning, they set up the premise that like in 2005, we found a planet with the exact same climate as Earth and that like we're going to explore this planet and then we shoot like a beam off to communicate, which is always a bad idea. Any right. any alien movie where you shoot a beam off into a planet that, that you find, it never ends up well. Right. Other than maybe a rival. I don't think they shot a beam off. I think they just yeah, showed I, up, right? I, I honestly have no clue. Yeah, I can't remember. But, you know, so the whole thing is that, like, they find this planet, they don't know anything about it, and then, of course, something, like, responds, right? Like, they show back up. Right. Another part of this movie. So, again, you start with, like, the Dumb and Dumber sketch of how he meets this girl in the bar who then he winds up, like, long-term dating, right? And mm-hmm. it just so happens that her father is the an admiral right. in the U.S. Navy, right. whatever. And then he joins the Navy, even though he's just, like, a dropout, like, loser or whatever. Right. And they show his transformation by cutting his hair. Yes. Because <laughs> he goes from having long hair to having short hair. Yeah. 
It was like a 90s teen movie transformation. Yeah. Well, I, it kind of was a transformation <laughs> because I hardly recognized him after he cut his long hair. <laughs> so they, you know, they get through the burrito scene. They're now together. He's in the Navy. He's now like a clean cut. I follow the rules now. I'm no longer a hoodlum. Right. Like that type of guy. But you know what they're doing to start their Navy war games? Because the whole premise is that the U.S. and Japan are getting together to have a war games. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a little like weird in of itself. I don't think. I, I know that Japan has a defense force. But the whole thing is that since World War II, the United States has provided the military mm-hmm. for Japan. Right. Because it's part of the agreement that Japan can't have a military anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But they can just have a small kind of like national guard. Mm-hmm. So do they have a full-scale Navy? I don't think so. I'm the last person to ask about this. But somehow they're having this war game where, like, the Japanese Navy is participating. I, I just don't understand. And it, I don't know. Oh, I'm last person who needs to be talking about this. But it's also, it's almost like in recognition of Pearl Harbor. It just feels weird to have. Yeah, because they are... Well, there's a whole lot of Pearl Harbor reference in mm-hmm. this. There's some spoilers <laughs> if you are, like, <laughs> big into Battleship. But the whole thing about... Pearl Harbor is that it definitely is. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what comments making on <laughs> right? about Japan because it's like, <laughs> in some ways, it's like we need to remember Pearl Harbor, right? And the veterans <laughs> who served in World War II. But then in other ways, it's like now we're over it and we're working together with Japan. Yeah, I. In which, like, I respect that if that's the ultimate goal. Like, I think that's that is great i just don't understand (laughs) what they were doing yeah well and all that aside what makes even less sense is that before the navy war games there's something more important going on do you remember what that thing was i don't (laughs) because i don't think you paid attention to it it was happening (laughs) i didn't uh it's the rempac cup which is a soccer tournament oh it is a soccer tournament that is it happens for like five minutes uh that's why everybody gets together the main uh, characters are all playing soccer against each other. Oh, yeah, I kind of You are kind of looking at your phone during that. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's like they're now having this soccer game. There are announcers. One, yeah. they're playing it in, like, in back of a convenience store or something. It's, like, in a field yeah. that's not even, like, a soccer field. Uh, it's, like, a makeshift field. But then there are announcers and there are stands set up. And the announcers say, like, forget the World Cup. Like, it's the Rimpack Cup. <laughs> which, like... What? Because, <laughs> like, there are only two teams. It's right. not even a tournament. Right. It's just the U.S. players versus Japanese players. Right. I don't know. Is that a real thing? I don't know. I, I haven't looked it up. But the last thing I'm going to say, so to get you ready for this movie, is that, so that's where we go from. Dumb and Dumber to, like, a fake sports movie into the real crux of the movie, which is an alien military movie. Mm-hmm. How the U.S. Navy is the sole branch of the military to deal with an alien invasion with spaceships. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, <laughs> but uh, I guess it's because for whatever reason, every alien spaceship lands on the water. Yeah. It's like they were meant to be on the water, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't understand that part of it. But either which way, my favorite part, you're introduced to Jesse Plemons. Oh, yes. Who looks a lot younger than I thought he would. Uh, it uh-huh. was, you know, we talked, this is this movie, I felt like it come, came out like a year ago, but it came out all, <laughs> like 10 years ago. Right. 
But Jesse Plemons, you get introduced to Jesse Plemons because he's trying to prepare to meet his like Japanese counterparts. So he's practicing his Japanese and he says, Kanichiwa. Yeah. And it's completely random. Like it isn't like he's talking to anyone. He's, he's just practicing. Li- he's literally just standing in line next to Rihanna, who's doing God knows what. And I don't know where. Kanichiwa. Also, do you have any idea why they needed to get her for this role. No. Rihanna has a role. She doesn't have like a ton of lines. She plays the same role that like Megan Fox plays in Transformers. Right. Kind of, right? Mm-hmm. A little less sexualized. Mm-hmm. For sure less sexualized. But mm-hmm. like that same general like, I'm a tough, badass woman. And I like throw my helmet into your chest after we play sports. <laughs> like that type of right, for sure. that role, right? <laughs> right? Which is what I imagine Megan Fox being in, in that role. But right. I don't understand why you would need her necessarily. Because mm-hmm. this is maybe her first... Was she in another movie? Uh, not that I know of. So, I mean, I don't know why that's who you went with. The whole casting in general doesn't really make any sense. Like, it seems like they overcast for a movie like this. Yeah. Because they also went and got Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. To play a role that he's like only kind of in. Right. I for real think that there's a, a good chance that Liam Neeson was never on the set of this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> every scene with Liam Neeson is as if it was shot with him just like reading one line. You know what I mean? Right. It's like every single thing. It almost could have been like on a backdrop or he was there for like half of one day. Right. He filmed all of his dialogue and then he never returned. Right. <laughs> because they also find an innovative way to like exclude him from 75% of the movie. Right. Which is that a dome falls down and mm-hmm. splits up the Navy <laughs> and you can't get through the dome. You know, I didn't think about it in real time, but that makes a lot of sense if that's what they were doing. So, so they didn't have to keep paying him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically. But you do have Jesse Plemons stuck in the dome. You do. Who else would you want stuck in the dome? Well, probably the Admiral of the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he can't get in. He's stuck. Uh, I felt personally attacked whenever it's like the aliens are landing and they use real footage of President Obama, like notifying, like, you know, like giving like an address on what's happening. But like they took it from like... I, I looked it up, but it's, like, from an actual speech. Like, they didn't get Obama to come and, like, record something for the movie. Right. When I see scenes like that, a lot of movies do that. Especially, like, uh, apocalyptic-type movies and whatever. They always have the scene where it's, like, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon late, on late night being, like, did you hear about Virus X? You know, and stuff like that. I've always wondered how they get those clips. Mm-hmm. In those cases, I'm sure that they have them recorded, mm-hmm. right? So... The big one was Larry King. So, like, in the past, before Larry King was off air and, and now he he's died. But, like, back when Larry King was, like, the thing, like, mm-hmm. it was serious if Larry King was covering event whatever. Right. right. That was the one. That was the go-to for everything. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that's in The Day After Tomorrow. Right. Is it, like, a Larry King scene of, like, asking what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. that was always the big one was Larry mm-hmm. King. And I'm sure he just recorded those. When I saw... Barack Obama. <laughs> I, was, I knew that there was no way right. that Barack Obama, I don't think anybody went to Barack Obama with Battleship while right. he was actively president. Right. This would have been like the first year of his second term or yeah. maybe right before the election. No, it would have been during a second term, but at the beginning of it, I would think. I think it came out in 2012 because the election would have been November of 2012. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
But uh, yeah, you looked it up and it was from something completely like it wasn't even like. Yeah, I think it was like talking about like like the what's that international like climate change summit? I, like I don't G, remember. G something. I don't know what it was, but it had nothing to do with aliens or this movie. <laughs> yeah. I really just want to get to the meat of this movie, which is how we resolve everything. Well, so to get there, it is insane. The aliens land on the ocean again. Then they pull a like Power Rangers style, like their ships keep getting more powerful type Mm -hmm. thing. They're shooting rockets. They shoot these like saw rolling ball things that are like, I think aliens. I, I don't understand. I don't know if they're like a machine with an alien inside of them or whatever. They look almost living, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, those those like saw ball things, those things like cut their way straight through like whole ships. And that's just like a, a small scale weapon that they have. They also have much larger weapons that can like puncture like a whole ship in half in one shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're significantly stronger than the than the U.S. Navy, mm-hmm. clearly. Right. I mean, there's only three of them, I believe. That's right, right? Mm-hmm. It's just three. Mm-hmm. And yet they can shoot out the, one of these balls and, like, literally cut a ship in half. Right. And that's just one thing. Mm-hmm. When they're shooting things, I mean, they're shooting, like, thousands of, like, rockets and, right. and random things. Right. It is baffling how there's any idea that you could possibly beat these aliens in right. the situation that they're in. But boy, do they. They do. And I don't really understand it at all how they could beat these aliens with the, sh- with the ships they have. So they have 2012 mm-hmm. naval ships, right? Mm-hmm. That's not even how they beat them. It's like their whole Navy is wiped out. Mm-hmm. And that's when they pull a like, we're going back, back to the best battleship of them all. The one from World War II <laughs> that is a museum. Right. It is literally used <laughs> as a museum. <laughs> And you know who has to man it? <laughs> veterans. <laughs> the veterans like who were originally year old, on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> like literally 80-year-old veterans who are like hobbling. And they do a scene. It's like the classic scene, right? Where mm-hmm. where you like are all walking in a line toward something. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's that scene, like the action movie scene. Mm-hmm. But it's with these old hobbling men who I'm sure were real veterans probably. Right. Like, I'm sure they cast real veterans because those were not actors. Right. That whole thing was just bizarre. Right. Uh, that they that they went with that. That's a spoiler, but you know what? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I just can't even imagine how these 80-year-old people managed to run this ship. But you know what I really don't understand? This was a literal museum. Mm-hmm. It had live (laughs) like rockets and like torpedoes just stored a lot of them enough that you can shoot down an alien ship yeah i still don't understand that because they're so strong and they have force fields and all this stuff i don't know it's nothing can break the power of a cannonball from the 1930s (laughs) it it makes no sense i don't and and again you don't keep live rounds on a museum (laughs) inside of one you do like something that literal like tourists are just walking through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You you would think they would do something to like you know attach that to the dock too. Mm-hmm. That it's not just floating around there. That you can just mm-hmm. drive it off. Right. <laughs> You'd think that they would have some structure keeping that in place or mm-hmm. something. But I don't know. It, it 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 is what it is. There were other things throughout this movie that popped out to us. One of our favorites was they pull... So, again, this movie is kind of like ripping off Independence Day in a way. No, oh, totally. That's the big gist that I got was mm-hmm. that it was just a knockoff of mm-hmm. Independence Day. And just like Independence Day and 
Armageddon and any other movie like that where there's something about to destroy Earth, they always have the like chiefs of staff around a table talking to the president or the mm-hmm. vice president or something like that. And they're always talking about, like, what's the damage? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have that scene in this movie, but mm-hmm. it's way better. And you know why it is? Because they say, what's the damage? And he's like, they hit Scotland, Germany, France, even Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Which, going into this, going into this, we had a good feeling right. that the Midwest was somehow oh, going to make its way into the, one of the places that was attacked. Right. Because I'll tell you, you know, it's an actual disaster. Is that the Midwest of the United States is impacted. Right. Which is just like Armageddon. Right. So, like, you always have these scenes where it's like New York City gets hit. Mm-hmm. Paris gets hit. Like the Eiffel Tower or something like that. Right. Beijing or Tokyo or Hong Kong. Like one of those big cities. So that happens here. Hong Kong, you know, gets ripped apart by some things. They show those kind of scenes, cuts from uh, across whatever. They didn't show a cut to the Midwest where there's like an alien now attacking the the Midwest or whatever. But they do mention it in that scene. Right. I mean, insane. You'd think that they would almost have to be intentionally doing that. You know, like, did they identify the trope and they were like, okay, we're going <laughs> we to gonna work it yeah. in. So I didn't love this movie. No. I think also we have maybe just tired out alien war movies for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, could you drink to it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, It was a little long. That was my only downside for Battleship. If it was like an hour and a half, I think Mm -hmm. it would be a really good drinking movie. Because it was more like two and a half hours or like, I think it was 215 or something like that. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's one of those movies too, where it's like, it could have been so much shorter if... You got rid of things like a soccer tournament. Right. There was no purpose. Right. Like, it didn't Literally show none. anything. Like, Pink Panther in a convenience store. You could get rid of that. It yeah. could have been like just one scene of him hitting on her and then they transition or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like you didn't have to have the slapstick stuff of him falling down mm-hmm. the ceiling of a convenience store. And you definitely didn't have to have a soccer tournament. Right. The soccer tournament literally has absolutely no purpose. Right. Other than to show. That there is like some sort of like small rivalry going mm-hmm. on with like the Japanese right. like commander or whatever his his title mm-hmm. is. Just so that at the end they can be like, and then they teamed up. Right. Like they were rivals, <laughs> but now they're together. Which is like, it's not like they were like real rivals. Like, right. And you're being attacked by an alien. Like right. At that point, you're not like, I mildly don't like your personality. Like we're not mm-hmm. going to team up. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. There's no need for that. But I agree. Whatever. So what are you writing up? Um, it was bad. I would say that it was a little bit more enjoyable than Tomorrowland, I think, as a bad movie. Mm-hmm. But it had the same issue of being too long. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 40. Okay. That might be a little high. That, that feels really high. Mm, I'm going to knock that down to 38. Okay. I'm going to say 38. I don't okay. think it de- deserves to break 40. Okay. I'm giving it an 18. Yeah, that's low. It's not my genre. That's basically all we need to say. It's not my genre. It's not a good movie. I enjoy drinking to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't ever want to watch it again. (laughs) I could have given it in the 20s. But you know why I didn't? Because there's one line. Again, remember, this is 2012. Mm -hmm. There's a line where one of the officers is, it's like there are like two guys talking. And one of them says, you look like a Donald Trump and Mike Tyson hybrid. Mm-hmm. And that causes like a fist fight between officers. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Literally, <laughs> you look like a Mike Tyson, right. Donald Trump hybrid. <laughs> so funny. No, and like, then four years later, it's that's their boss. Who would have known? Right. <laughs> no way they would have known in 2012 he was going to run. Right. Uh, and definitely not win, but crazy. Right. Well, next week we have a really exciting first for the show. Yeah. We are going to have our first guest. Yeah, we are. So we have our number one podcast fan, possibly our only podcast fan. <laughs> Tyler is going to come join us. And so he is in charge of choosing the movies. Apparently, this is a very big task that we've given him. Yep. That he's losing sleep over and did not have his choices prepared for us to announce tonight. So it'll be a surprise when we it come back. It will be a surprise. But I'm really excited to have someone in the third chair and somebody to probably tell us how we could do this a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to work out. Yeah. So that will be really exciting. And I think next week will be a great show. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay, talk to you later. Plemons out. Okay. <laughs>